we find that uh, marketers who canvas actually make really excellent salespeople. People who have worked in the hospitality industry make great salespeople. Right? If you can wait tables, you can sell windows. Welcome to Rockstars of Remodeling, a podcast presented by Pro Remodeler Media, where the best and brightest stars in home improvement share actionable insights with like-minded industry standouts like you. I'm your host, Drew Barto. I spent 13 years as a director of marketing for a replacement window and door company in Pittsburgh, where I learned a lot from some of the great minds in the home improvement industry. I aim to bring many of those voices to you on this show to help you gain more leads, close more sales, and boost your bottom line. Let's rock. Hi, everyone. Joining me on today's show is Philip Gehrig. Philip is the CEO of The Home Doctor. The Home Doctor specializes in replacement windows and roofs, serving customers in three states and Washington, D.C. I invited Philip onto the show today to share his story of perseverance and to reveal some out-of-the-box ideas he's using to hire and retain employees. Philip, I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Drew. All right, let's get right into it. You're a member of uh, Pro Remodelers 40 Under 40, Class of 2023. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and so I had the pleasure of talking to you uh, earlier this year, and you shared some specific details on how you, you know, you were on the brink of bankruptcy only a year after starting the Home Doctor. Ten years and ten million in annual sales revenue later, can you talk, you know, a little bit about those tough times? You know, how close you were to calling it quits, and, and what you did to kind of get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was so close to calling it quits. I actually wrote an email to my previous employer essentially saying that I was ready to shut my business down and come back to work. Um, that email is still in my drafts folder. I never sent that email. Wow. Um, I was, <laughs> I don't even know what prevented me from hitting the send button, frankly. But I mean, to get into it and give you the details, we had uh, an American Express Platinum card that we were uh, ordering our material on and we defaulted on it. And the default amount was like $250,000. And I really, at that moment, I had really no way of ordering or fulfilling any of my jobs. So um, I, I got very lucky where my, one of my vendors, that my main vendor that I was buying most of my material and uh, installing through, extended me a line of credit. I don't think they knew anything about the situation that I was in at the time when they did that. <laughs> yeah. But the the blessing in disguise for us there was that we, we kept pushing through. We set up a payment plan with American Express and we paid them back 5,000 bucks a month for a, an extended amount of time. So in the short term, we had to raise our prices. We had to get more aggressive. We had to close better. We had to pay that 5,000 bucks a month off, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and in doing so, it, it built in an odd way, right? It, it got us into a position where, again, like I had just mentioned, that we were making that extra revenue, making that extra profitability so that we could pay American Express. And I can't ever forget, you know, there was a month or two left on those payment plans with American Express and um, we paid them off and it, it was great because, boom, now we were making extra money every month, which we then continued to not put in my pocket, but put back into the company and build the company with, right? It's not, it wasn't money we were used to having. You know, there are a lot of contractors in a similar situation. I mean, over the years, uh, you know, contracting is a, is a business that's very hard to be successful in and, and more, way more fail than yeah. succeed. Right. And, right. and so I, I like that idea that you, you persevered, you didn't send that email and you say it's still sitting in your uh, inbox, right? Your, your draft folder right now. Right. And you just kind of right. keep it, it as is. a constant reminder. I don't ever look at it, but I know it's in there. Right. I, I try not to <laughs> go into that folder actually, but 
it's in the back of my mind that it's in there. And, uh, you know, it's just something I never sent. And I'm just happy I, I didn't send it. And again, I don't know why I didn't send it. I was, I had given up at that moment. Well, I'm glad you didn't send it. I'm, I'm glad you're seeing success now. I mean, you're talking what, 10 years later, right? Uh, so, so congratulations right. on your success. Um, you know, one Thank of the you. big things we talk, I see today in, in the industry is that, you know, despite promising unemployment rates, uh, the numbers that we keep seeing, the home improvement industry still seems to be struggling with, with labor issues. Uh, you know, but you've sure. taken an approach that, that many might call risky when it comes to hiring, training and retaining, you're taking on taking chances on people really. And it's paying off. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that strategy and give us the behind the scenes on, on why you do things a little differently? Previously, we would hire as we needed people. Right. And I think that that's probably most people's case in the industry. So we've become, in addition to a remodeling company, a recruiting company. Yeah. We are always hiring. We have a recruiter that works for us. We have ads up every day. All right. For marketing, sales, uh, admin. One thing that I also learned at the, my previous employer is, you know, you can't be afraid to bring new people in and you can't be afraid to challenge the existing employees that you have. Yeah. And I think that that approach works in twofold, right? Not only do we get new talent in, but we also are able to challenge our existing cha talent that we have, right? When you see somebody else walk in the door who might challenge you in sales, might become the top salesperson, then the current top salesperson is more motivated, we find, to read books, listen to podcasts, and do the things that are going to make them a great salesperson because they know that they're up for a challenge. But on the other side of the coin, you know, we might bring in a new salesperson who is our top rep. So it works in, in two ways for us. But yes, we're a full-time recruiting machine now. And we're, we're on, you know, what, Craigslist, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and all these different websites. And we're constantly setting up, you know, interviews. The, the small downside to that, though, is, you know, occasionally you'll have an a employee come, and come to us. We've had this happen twice, actually, where they said, hey, we saw that you're hiring for my position. Uh. But, you know. What's the benefit there? The benefit there for me is I said, well, then obviously you're looking for this position, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right, so you, it looks like you're looking for a job, right? And both of those employees are still with the company and, and we, we let them know, look, we're not looking to replace you. We're looking to get more help for your department. We're growing the company. We don't, we won't want to do 10 million. We don't want to do 100 million and we're going to need more of me, more of you. And, you know, we let them know that we've got their back. We're not doing anything you know, shady or uh, nefarious here. We're, we're looking to grow the company and um, we're doing what it takes to grow the company and we're putting the company first. Yeah. And now you, I, I've seen too, where you've hired people who might not have the experience in their particular, you know, position that you hired them for, but you've worked really hard to manage them in a way that helps them make it through that process. You take somebody who might be a little green and turn them into an expert in something. Can you talk about your sort of, you know, your philosophy, uh, Philip, on managing people who you hire? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I got hired into the industry by a company that had a rule that you had to have a bachelor's degree and you had to be 25 years old. They hired me at, I don't know, 21 years old and I had no bachelor's degree. Okay. I wound up being one of the top producers in the company's history. So it, it woke me up to the reality that there isn't really any one size fits all or, or, or one particular person that we want to hire. 
we don't know who's going to be successful. I look at everybody, you know, as an equal person. If they're interested in the opportunity, we're going to bring them in. We're going to interview them. There's obviously certain things that we're looking for in a, in a salesperson, right? You know, maybe some experience. But does this experience have to be in sales specifically? You know, not necessarily, right? We find that uh, marketers who canvass actually make really excellent salespeople. We uh-huh. find that people who have worked in the uh, hospitality industry make great salespeople, right? If you can wait tables, you can sell windows, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we like to give that opportunity to people. And we might, I don't know, maybe we have a higher failure rate because we give more opportunity to people. But we're going to give the opportunity, right? And we're going to put them through training. If they stick, great. If they decide they want to move on, it's not a job for them, then we're sad to see them go. On top of that, we also like to develop people on the back end, right? After training, we want to put them through seminars. We want to give them books to read. We do sales meetings twice a week. And this repeats throughout the company, whether it's the marketing department or it's the operations department. You know, we're constantly hiring, uh, giving opportunity to people who wouldn't get opportunities at other companies. And then once they get off the ground, we're continuing to train, 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 and develop, develop, develop. And understanding that this isn't baseball or football. We don't have to win today. As long as you can win at some point and you can develop to be you know, a good earner, you, we want them to earn top dollar, right? We want them to be comfortable in their work atmosphere. We want them to have the time off that they need. And we tell them directly to their faces, hey, if I pay you top dollar, I give you time off when you need it and you're happy, healthy, and comfortable working here, you're going to want to work here, and you're going to work harder. Yeah. But if I'm nitpicking you about the fact that you needed to take your daughter to the doctor and you're not making enough money to pay all your bills, you're going to walk in here dragging your feet looking for another job. So that's another thing that we do is we we try to treat our people great. We have a cruise coming up for the employees at the end of the month. Um, We have a Halloween party every year, a holiday party at the end of the year we do big barbecue. Uh, we have you know, pizza parties and stuff like this. So we really try to get the company together and get people interacting, talking, and we want people to get little groups of friends, kind of like high school. Yeah. Right? You got the, the guys who go out and drink beers sometimes. You got the the ladies, actually the few ladies in our office have a book club, right? Oh, wow. Um, that's that's they, interesting. Yeah. Right. So we, we really want to have that family oriented atmosphere and, and give everybody an opportunity and understand there is no one size fits all approach to hiring. Yeah, it's clear that you're you're more than when you work for for the home doctor, you're more than just a, a, a number. And that's important to people. I think it's it's increasingly important to people, uh, you know, as we've we sort of went through that what they called the great resignation. But people just want to be happy in their jobs. And I think they they deserve that. And they've they've earned that. And it's, it's great to see that. In a home improvement industry, you're taking that the lead on that. Before we go, Philip, what advice do you have for that contractor who was in your shoes? You know, the same shoes you wore ten years ago, and they're thinking, "Man, this is this is tough. How do I do this? Uh, maybe I should call it quits, close the doors." What sort of advice do you have for them? My advice is it's only going to get better, right? There's a lack of labor in the industry. There's a lack of people that are interested in working in this industry. I saw a statistic recently where you know the average age of the construction worker. In the 90s was 32, now it's 42, right? So, uh, you know, just I think my best advice is understand that you are going to become like gold at some point, right? People need you. Um, There's a lack of us in the industry. Keep fighting through it. You're going to make it. The Home Doctor, Philip Gehrig, everyone. 
if there are contractors out there listening who find themselves stuck, I really hope you know you're able to to use Philip's story as inspiration to keep going and to find unique solutions to grow your businesses. Everyone's path to success is different, and and Philip is proof of that. Philip, thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. Thank you, Drew. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Rockstars of Remodeling. As promised, there were some amazing takeaways that you can use to build a better business for yourself, your employees, and your customers. If you've got an idea for a future episode or a guest I should invite on the show, I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to follow Rockstars of Remodeling on Spotify or SoundCloud and click the like button on this episode. Until next time, rock on.